Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. We all need to examine ourselves. Who is still in the faith originally delivered to us? Are we building the kingdom of the Lord and his body? Or are we just having fun? Are we building the kingdom and his body? Or are we just doing what? Having fun. Enjoying ourselves, every man pursuing his own agenda. But you find in the very next verse, let's go back to what we are reading in Frankie chapter 2. And it came to pass, yes. when the Lord would take up Elijah mm-hmm. into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord had sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. Please go to DNT. Because there's a nuance here. You'll find it in NLT. You'll find it in another that's translations. And on the way, yes? Elijah said to Elisha, Yes? Now stay here. The Lord has ordered me to go to Bethel. But Elisha answered, I swear by my loyalty to the living Lord. And then to what? And to you. The loyalty is first to who? Ah. Uh, I want you to look at it yourself again. I swear by my loyalty to who? And I pray that every one of you will understand and see with the eyes of the Lord. A man pursuing his call has his loyalty first to who? I can hear you. Loyalty is first to God and then to the mentor. And you will find repeatedly, 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 throughout the four occasions, this man was not saying it to somebody else. He was saying it to who? He was saying it to who? He was saying it to his master and his mentor. Well, God, the first of all, the first of all, the first of all. And if the mentor is somebody who knows God, he will know to weekly dock under God. Will not. After all, was I not the one who put my cloak on you? Are you listening to me? My honest prayer to God is that your eyes will be opened so that you see with his eyes. And judge yourselves in the manner in which you relate with everybody in the church who says he has a call upon his or her own life. Loyalty is first to who? Before any man. And judge every man, judge me according to that. If I demand something different from what the word of God says, do what you like with me. Particularly those of you who God has given me 
as people to bring up. Remember, I told you, I told you, I told you what it is that my call is with respect to you, 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 you. When he spoke to David, he said, I brought him out of where? I brought him from following after the sheep and the ewes that were great with what? With land. The job is to bring out your potential so that the master doesn't, he doesn't suffer any loss. To bring out everything that is in you for the benefit of the master. If I'm not doing that, And all of you who are here that are close to me that over the years God has allowed me to oversee, judge me according to that word because I know that's what I was asked to do. Not to be a stumbling block in your way, but to do what? To do everything possible that you bring forth what God has put inside you for the benefit of who? For the benefit of who? The owner of the sheep himself. Because if the, if the, uh, if what is being brought forth dies, who suffers the loss? Can you back up to the way I start? Now stay here. The Lord has ordered me to go to Bethel. The Lord has ordered me to go to Bethel. Yes. Elisha answered, I swear by my loyalty to the living Lord and to you that I will not leave you. So they went on to Bethel. Now let's talk about Bethel. Where did, did the name Bethel come from? Who gave the name Bethel? Jacob. Good. What happened in the place where this story, I think it's Genesis 28, right? Yes, sir. Let's go there. Amen? Genesis 28. Verse 10. Because it's important for you to know the significance of Bethel. Let's not forget we are tracing the path of a man that is pursuing his call. The man pursuing his call understands that, yes, there is a beginning. A beginning that puts the past away, that cuts away the bridge behind him so that he can stand and walk according to the will of God. But here we have, we get to Bethel. And Jacob went from where? To Beersheba. Now you will see where Beersheba comes in. This is where this man started. And if you look at what we read in Amos, said, don't go to Bethel, don't go to Bethel, don't go to Beersheba and go, because those were the path of the man who was pursuing the call. Jacob went from Beersheba, from, from Beersheba and went toward Haran, yes? And he lighted upon a certain place. Yes. And tarried there all night, mm -hmm. because the sun was set. Mm. And he took the stones of that place uh. and put them for his pillows mm. and lay down in that place to sleep. Mm. And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth. The first thing you learn about this land is at the land of vision. Bethel is a land of what? Vision. He dreamed a dream. Set up on the set, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reaches unto the heavens. And behold, the angels of God descending and ascending on it. Yes? And behold, yes. the Lord stood above it yes. and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy mm -hmm. father, mm -hmm. and to the God of Isaac. Now, this is where you've, it's good for you to look at other translations. Let's look at GNT. But the first thing that we establish here is that this is a place of what? A place of vision. 
Amen. Yes. And there was the Lord standing beside him. Ah. The other translation said it was above. This one says where? Beside. Standing beside him. If he was standing beside him, either this man was translated to heaven, but the scripture says he was lying down, or the fact that actually God came down and did what? And stood beside him. Amen? The place of vision, but most important, the place of revelation of the eternal God himself. Because this man, this is the house of God. This is the house of God. This is the house of God. Place of vision, place of revelation, and the place of a confirmation of covenant. Because you'll see God began to speak, I will give you and to your descendants this land which you are lying. Yes? They will be as numerous. They will be as numerous as the specks of dust on the earth. Mm. They will extend their territory in all directions. Mm. And through you and your descendants, I will bless all the nations. Mm. Remember, I will be with you and protect you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. Mm. I will not leave you until I have done all that I have promised you. Every word that I promised your forefathers, those words I will affirm in your life, the place of vision, the place of revelation, and the place of confirmation of promise. That's what the house of God is to be. But this man here, I'm not done yet. Who ran to this place was a fugitive. Amen? He was a fugitive. He just forewarned his brother and his father. And he was running away where God caught up with him. But by the time this man was coming back, so that we'll know, and that's where my grouse is, that I need to awaken the spirit of all of you who are here, particularly the ministers of God. It was also the place of transformation, the beginning of the transformation of the life of a fugitive. If this place that we have cherished over time do not fulfill those cardinal points, we have a problem. If this place that we call our local assembly ceases to be a place where the vision, the revelation of God, and the transformation of the lives of people is not happening, then we have a problem. By the time you get to Genesis chapter 31, because the man came first to that place as a fugitive. After 14 years of progressive work in the life of this man called Jacob, for the first time, this man then began to start to talk about God. Jacob was not one, you won't hear him speaking about God carelessly. I mean, it, does, it wasn't normal to him. He may have heard about it in his parents and so on and so forth. Let's go to Genesis 31. Because I need for you to see this. For you to see this. Give me from verse 4 to 13. 4. So Jacob sent words to Rachel and Leah and to meet him in the field where his flocks were. He said to them, I have noticed that your father is not as friendly toward me 
as it used to be. But my father's God has been with me. You both know that I have worked for your father with all my strength. Yet, he has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not let him arm me. Whenever Laban said, the speckled goats shall be your wages, all the flocks produce speckled young. When he said, the stripped goats shall be your wages, all the flocks produce stripped young. God has taken flocks away from your father and given them to me. During the breeding season, I had a dream and I saw the male goats that were mating were stripped, spotted, and speckled. The angel of God spoke to me in the dream and said, Jacob, yes. I wanted to, there's something I'm trying to bring out to you here. God said to him when we read in Genesis 28, I will be with you. You can see that God was with him 14 solid years. God continued to pursue this man because God was going to keep his covenant. Every man that has a call upon his life, God has an interest in you to bring to pass what he has, pro- what he has spoken. But are you responding? Or are you still thinking on your plan B? What this man cheated his brother and his father for, they already belong to him. They already belong to him. So the things you are looking at for plan B, God says you have them already. But will you give yourself wholly to him in totality is the question we are asking ourselves. The progressive walking in the life of this man is what you are seeing when I spoke to the fact that the house of God, because he called he said, this place is none other than the house of God, and he called it Bethel. The purpose and the full function of Bethel, centered around those four things, like I said to you. Uh, I'm not going to read this, but take your time to look at Genesis 31, uh, verse 40 to 42 again, and 50 to 55. Genesis 32, verse 1, and then 9 to 12, and Genesis 33. They all speak to the fulfillment of the promise of protection, the reaffirmation of the promise of possession, a fugitive becoming a worshiper, setting up, an, setting up altars of offering before God. If a better man, that the first time that he got to the place, but is not yet complete. But I want to draw our attention to this again for emphasis. His presence, his house, is a place of transformation. Oh, you pastors and leaders of assemblies, particularly this house, what have you turned the house of God to? In the heart of every Israelite, and indeed it should be ours, Bethel became a place of renewal. Each Sunday or each Tuesday, each Friday that we come here, are the people being renewed as they come to the presence of the Lord? Are the people being transformed by the things that they hear? This is the judgment that God will put on the line for me, for Dele, for Tokes, for Andrew, for David, for Yomi, for Victor, for Noel. All the seven of you that are standing around me all the time. And I'm not shy to put this on you as I put it on myself. Every time that you come here, are the people experiencing God anew? 
Are they being transformed? Are they being renewed in the manner that they are aligning with God every day? It's something you want to take to heart. Because this is what God, this is what I would judge this house for. This is what I would judge this house for. Because every day that people leave this place, it's commotion, it's uh, disruption of mind, and so on and so forth. Then what is the work? What are we doing? What are we doing? We will speak the truth first to ourselves. And these are the things we are saying. Getting the job done in pursuit of your calling, Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. But let's visit again the words of Amos chapter 5 that we read for completeness. Because it's important. Gilgal and Bethel were the first thing that God said, look, I'm going to do away with. And I will do away with it. And you will see the relationship, why I'm so emphatic upon this. Because what we do here creates an environment that will shape the people. What happens in here? Creates what? The environment that will shape the people. Recall the last ministration that I had there with you. I just threw that in the air. Now let's get to the korokoro of it. That when your carnality conspires with the environment, you become what? A changed person. What do you think happened in Bethel when Ahab became king in Bethel? When the environment that you call the house of God, the place of God, became something different, he raised up a heel. And a heel had the boldness to say, what God has spoken concerning Jericho, I'm going to change it. We've seen Bethel, what Bethel ought to be. The place of transformation, the place of vision, the place of revelation, the presence of God, where the lives of people are changed to be in conformity with eternal God. But that's Bethel. In the way God requires it to be, for which I say God will ask me and all of you who are ministers in this place. But by the time Ahab became king in Samaria, remember what happened to Bethel. They lay preached on Jeroboam. What happened to Bethel? That was the first place they put what? They took what there? They put the golden calf there. They put the golden calf there. Progressive kings that reigned in Israel did worse and worse until the days of Ahab. Ahab married Jezebel, the most presumptuous, imperious woman. Whatever you accuse Solomon of, one single woman did worse than all the women that Solomon had together. That was the reign that you had when you had Ahab in place. He set the environment that you had in Israel. He set the environment that you had in Bethel. And that's what my worry is. That the day the environment here fails to be what God requires it to be, we are spelling disaster for this house. Heal. 
means life from God. Heal was the man who came from Bethel. Go to 1 Kings chapter 34. I think I'm, so I can make it easier for you. Praise the Lord. The environment, what we make of it, the impact of it on people, and what it is that God will happen to us. Praise the Lord. 1 Kings 16. 1 Kings 16 it is. During his reign, Heal from Bethel uh-huh. rebuilt Jericho. Heal from Bethel did what? Rebuilt, rebuilt Jericho. Jericho. Maybe I should wait until I get to Jericho. But I needed to bring home to you what could happen to Bethel when the environment changes from what it ought to be. Are you with me? When the environment changes from what it ought to be, something begins to happen to you, to you, to you, to you who are here. Heal means life from God. Heal then stood up in the days of Ahab out of Bethel to say, what God has spoken concerning Jericho, I am going to contradict it. You got it now? God forbid that that should happen in this place. And you, and you, all of you looking at me, you are the watchmen and watchwomen who should measure what I preach, what anybody preaches here. So that you are not just swept along like idiots and mumus. Not very kind, was he? Including myself. When the environment ceases to be what God wants it to be, we run a risk of ending the way of heal. Because there will be those who have no grounding, who have no understanding of the power of the word of God, who the environment will compare with their, with, with their, with their carnality, they will become changed. And they begin to do contrary to the spirit of the living God. Praise the Lord. Getting the work done. So Bethel is his presence. The house is the place of transformation. Oh, you pastors and leaders of assemblies that have turned, have you turned the, what have you turned the house of God to? In the heart of every Israelite, and indeed that should be in our eyes, in our own hearts, Bethel is a place of renewal, a place of reorientation, a place of transformation. Is this house such to you? If it is not, then we are feeling in our service unto God, and we are feeling in our service to you. Please give me that Amos 5, 1 to 3 again, and then we'll take verse 1 to verse 9. Listen. Yes. People of Israel. Yes. To this funeral song, uh. which I sing over you. Mm. Virgin Israel has fallen, mm. never to rise again. Mm. She lies abandoned on the ground, mm. and no one helps her up. Mm. The sovereign Lord says, a city in Israel sends out a thousand soldiers, but only a hundred return. Another city sent out a hundred, but only ten come back. 
Stop, stop there. Because I, I, I wanted to understand this. What was the promise that God gave concerning? He said, one shall do what? What are you seeing happening here? It's the reverse that you are seeing happen. And the reverse is happening because it's a judgment. The reverse is happening because it's a judgment. The sovereign Lord says a city in Israel sends out a thousand soldiers, but only one hundred return. And a city sends out a hundred, but only one, only, only ten came back. Yes, go on, please. The Lord says to the people of Israel, Yes, come to me. Come to me. And you will leave. Return to me. You will leave, yes? Do not go to Beersheba to worship. Uh. Do not try to find me at Bethel. Mm. Bethel will come to nothing. Bethel will come to nothing. Don't go to Gigal. Her people will also do what? One of the primary proofs that God is making a, a, a difference in a person's life occurs when the one who was formerly hostile to the truth and the ways of the Lord begins to love him and his rod. Like the Israelites, we come to Bethel and return with our lives ungoverned by God's truth. When Jacob met God, his life began to change immediately. By the time you get through to all the verses and all the scriptures I gave you in Genesis chapter 35, 33, 34, 35, you will see a man who returns to Bethel who has been changed from a fugitive to one who is a worshiper. And I want all of us to look at ourselves as people who come here on Tuesdays, on Fridays, on Sundays. Is my life changing? Is my life changing? The ministrations that you are getting, are they making me conform and subjecting me to the word of God? Or they are doing something different? Gilgal and Bethel, taken together with Bathsheba, because you saw that I pointed you out to it, deal with three critical assumptions of evangelical Christianity, of eternal security. Gilgal, that the people, though observing the festival in a shrine that commemorated their possessing the promised land are in self-deceit as they will go into captivity. As prosperous as they may be, their lukewarmness and their apathy will make them to lose the land. Once saved is not always saved. Number two, Bethel speaks to their delusion and hollow hope that God was in their church or assembly while their lives remain unchanged and they resisted the rulership of God. That's a lie. If your life is unchanged and the rulership of God you are rejecting, God is not present there. He's not present there. This is a solemn time for us to consider our ways, to look at ourselves in the mirror of the word of God. As we, as we look at this matter, getting the job done, the first is dealing with myself and dealing with us as an assembly. Beersheba illustration makes them face the fact that they were assuming that God was with them. The pride was almost boundless while they should be weeping and asking if God was still with them. And that's part of what we'll be praying about tonight. A testing of ourselves, of our crying to God, Lord, are you still with us? If you are not with us, please help us. Show us where we've strayed. Show us where we've strayed. What have we eaten? What have we taken? That is corrupting us, that is making us not be transformed. Because those who are going to make this, that day to come was people who have the right attitude, who are living a holy life. Praise the Lord. We've spoken about Bethel, 
Let's go to Jericho. Please go back to that scripture that we are looking at. Amen. Then Elijah said to Elisha. Elijah said to Elisha. Now stay here. Mm. The Lord has ordered me to go to Jericho. Mm. But Elisha answered, I swear by my loyalty to the living Lord and to you that I will not leave you. So they went on to Jericho. A group of prophets who lived there went to Elisha and said and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha answered. But let's not talk about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Now stay here. The Lord has ordered me to go to the Jordan River. But Thank Elisha, you. Let's, let's talk about Jericho. Amen. We've spoken about Gilgal. We've spoken about the cell. Before I talk about Jericho, I'll just make one more comment regarding Bethel. And it's to bring home the point that I've repeated several times now. Several times now. Gilgal and Bethel state that our relationship with God is not a game. Rather, it speaks to the seriousness on the part of each of us to stay oriented toward the completion of the purpose he has for our lives. Gilgal and Bethel, they say to us that our relationship with God is not a game. It is a call to every one of us who sits under this roof, who sits under the teachings here and over and over, that we have a responsibility to stay oriented towards the completion of the purpose God designed your life to be. Thanks for listening. Join us again on Friday for the concluding part of today's sermon. If you want further information on what you have heard on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.